Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, how are you? I'm a little sick. No COVID. I mean, I just don't like know for sure it's not COVID. I haven't gotten a test, but... I was with my nieces all last week and they had really bad colds, which was not COVID, which I know because they did get a COVID test while I was there. Um, and now I have a bad cold. Uh, I need to learn to sleep upright like Abraham Lincoln. Did I make that up? Did Abraham Lincoln sleep upright? <laughs> I like literally can't lay down and breathe at the same time, which sucks. I feel like I haven't had a cold in so long. I don't think I got one last year because, you know, like we weren't going out. We were wearing masks and I still wear my mask sometimes to places like in stores. I'll wear it occasionally. I wear it at work sometimes, Um, but I don't I don't know. I don't wear it that often, like compared to this time last year and like the amount of people that I see at this point compared to this time last year um, is a lot more so. Yeah, it makes sense that I'm getting a winter cold. So I apologize for the way that my voice sounds. And if I'm sniffling or you hear a cough, I'm going to try my best not to do that. But, you know, it's showbiz, baby. (laughs) What if I considered myself (laughs) to be part? Sorry. To like be part of the (laughs) entertainment industry because I have a fucking two mom podcast. I record from my bed in Malvern, Pennsylvania. That would be really funny. Like if I just started telling people I'm in showbiz. (laughs) What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm in showbiz. (laughs) Uh, Just some housekeeping at the top, if you will. You should go to my Patreon and become a subscriber. It's the beginning of the month, which means it's the best time to sign up. You'll get access to like 150 episodes. So far this month, I've covered um, like the last two episodes I did were Sister Wise recaps on the new season. This upcoming week, I'm actually recording two episodes. I'm not totally sure what I'm going to put out, but I think it will probably be an episode on the, what's their last name? The Turnpin? Turpin? I don't know how you actually say their last name because I haven't watched a special yet and I only like read about them, but it's going to be on that, that 2020 or that Dateline special on the family whose kids... They kept like 13 of their kids locked up and they just recently had a special that everybody's kind of raving about that I want to talk about. I don't do that much true crime. I try not to like be a heavy true crime podcast, but some of it is interesting. You know, I grapple with the true crime of it all. Uh, It's a fine line. I think we should all be grappling with the true crime of it all if we're interested in that and consume that type of stuff. Um, So that will probably be this week. And the other thing I want to talk about is that it's that time of year again. It's Operation Santa, which if you are a longtime listener, you know this is my third year doing Operation Santa. I'm so excited. I've adopted four families' letters. So it's actually six kids um, because there are two single letters. And then I adopted two sisters and two brothers. Um, I'm I've already started shopping for them. I bought an American girl for one of them, a a real American girl. And it was like Black Friday when I bought them. So it was on sale. So I got the fucking accessories too. 
I mean, obviously, like, not all the accessories, but you can, like, buy the base model American Girl, or you can get it with the accessories. I got the accessories. I also ordered her some more, assess- like, knockoff ones from Amazon. Ooh, I can't fucking wait for that shit to get here. I can't wait to look at it. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, last year we raised $4,000 this year in less than a week of fundraising. I think it's, I think I adopted them on Monday. This is Saturday that I'm recording. I'm pretty sure we're at $3,500, which is amazing. Um, I'm so excited. You guys know that I love to do this. I love to buy the gifts and send them. But it's not just buying gifts for the kids in the letters. I'm a really strong believer that we should take care of the entire family. So like one of the letters mentions that she has five brothers. So I'm going to send a big gift card to get her brother's gifts as well. Um, All of the parents or caregivers, if they don't specifically mention like their parent, uh, usually I'll put it like to their caregiver. Uh, I get them gift cards. This year, one of the letters, I'm going to read it. I'm going to send this mom I'm pretty sure it's mom based on like the handwriting what the letter looks like. A huge gift card. Hold on. Uh, So it says, Dear Santa, my name is Zachariah and I've had a rough year. This year I was diagnosed with autism and have a lot of appointments to go to. My baby brother Ruben, who is legally blind, will be having eye surgery soon. First of all, I really like the name Zachariah and Ruben. I think Ruben is the cutest name. A baby named Ruben is so cute. Um, And so... Like the, I mean, these are like four and five year olds, I think, or six and four year olds, based on their clothing size. Um, and I'm pretty sure, just based on the handwriting, obviously, the fact that these kids probably can't write this letter themselves, that their mom wrote it, and clearly she's having a really tough year. So I'm going to send her a big gift card. I always send the parents gift cards. I think la- I was looking at my um spreadsheet from last year because I just like keep a spreadsheet to keep track of all the money. Um, because it's <laughs> so every, every single dollar that gets donated to me will be donated back because I'm just the middle person, right? Um, and I keep really close track of every single cent that's donated to me and then every single cent that I spend. Like, And uh, I usually save like a couple hundred dollars for shipping because you pay for your own shipping and then anything that's left over uh, at the end, I, I continue, like I donate the rest of that. Um, so last year I was looking, I was looking at my spreadsheet. I was able to send one mom that I remember her letter. I sent her like a $700 in gift cards for her. Like, I just think it's really important that everybody that gets mentioned <laughs> or even the people that aren't mentioned, like if the parents aren't mentioned, that they get gift cards as well. Um, if they don't need it, they can donate it or pass it on, you know? So that's really exciting. If you want to donate, you can Venmo or cash at me. My username is BentleyLiz1 or you can PayPal me. I'm going to post, um, well, I've already posted on the Feathers in My Hair account all of the ways that you can donate, but I'll repost them. I'll put them in this episode description. And if you want to donate, please do. Any money that's not spent on Operation Santa, I'm going to spend it on um, different organizations. Last year, we bought a lot of gifts off of One Simple Wish, which is an organization that lets kids that are currently in foster care ask for things that they want. And it's not just stuff like necessities. I know last year we bought like animal crossing and art supplies. We did buy a couple laptops for kids to do schoolwork, but I like to be able to buy stuff that's not just necessities. Uh, Kids, all kids deserve to get cool shit, right? And I don't like charity that's only focused on this. I I don't want to say that. I don't like charity 
that is like that. But I prefer to be able to, my mom's leaving, the dog's going to bark. I prefer to be able to uh, give kids shit they want, not just shit they need. I did see, I just bought something off of somebody's Amazon wish list, like myself, a personal. I didn't use Operation Santa money for it. Uh, there's a thing called Trans Santa, which lets trans people, I think mostly younger, but it looks to be, from what I can tell, it's kids that, it, like from like adolescence through early young adulthood, um, ask for stuff for Christmas, trans people that are in tough situations. I bought somebody like, <laughs> like I went to their Amazon wish list and the thing they had left was like this really cool veggie slicer. So I bought that for them. So I think I will look at Trans Santa as well for extra money. Um, cause realistically, uh, the let the USPS operations and letters go really fast. So I might adopt one more letter if I can, but realistically there'll be a couple hundred left over. And so that will get donated to one simple wish or trans Santa, or if I see anything else. So yeah, please join me in operation Santa. I'm so excited to be able to do this again. So I think that's it for like my housekeeping stuff. Um, in the news, what happened in the news this week? One, Chris Lopez had another baby. So congrats, I guess. <laughs> I I don't know. Like, congrats, I guess. Does Chris have a job? I, I don't know. How does he support having three children? Not quite sure. Um, I'm curious to see what it'll be like for Chris at this third. I think he gets away with a lot of the stuff he gets away with. Like in his life, I don't mean necessarily like online because his kid's mom is rich as fuck. Like he, you know, he doesn't have to pay for a lot of stuff. And I think he's able to alleviate his guilt with being like, well, she's got them. She's got them. Uh, you know, like that fight over the $50 fucking copay where he's like, well, I shouldn't have to pay that because she's rich, which like <laughs> I don't agree with. But whatever. I, I'm curious to see. I mean, I don't know anything about the new uh, woman that he had a baby with. So maybe she's like super successful and has a career, makes a lot of money like that could absolutely be possible. Honestly, I hope that's the case because we know from what we can tell that Chris doesn't seem to be able to really financially support children. So I hope that's the case for her sake. Um, you know, I have a question mark for anyone who would willingly have a baby with somebody who's already not taking care of their two kids financially. So I hope for her sake that she's got money <laughs> and can take care of this kid financially on her own. But if that's not the case, I'm definitely going to be curious as to what uh, Chris will be doing. I think Chris is going to be in a, a tough spot when somebody, you know, actually needs that $50 copay because they don't make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. So congrats, I guess, to Chris. <laughs> Kale posted this TikTok that was like, I may have three baby dads, but at least I've never been the second baby mama and it's like kale <laughs> kale first of all <laughs> that's not a brag <laughs> oh god anytime I like I'm laughing I'm coughing but like that's not the brag that I think that you think that is also like V her supposed good friend and podcast host is that person so and like in a way you are the second baby mama because 
you had a second baby with a guy who already wasn't taking care of your first kid with him. So, so you kind of are in some ways, you know, like you kind of are. It's just funny. It's just so funny when people like brag about shit like that because it's like that's not it. It's just that doesn't say anything good about you being somebody's like second baby mom or whatever, like mother of somebody's child, like doesn't inherently mean something bad. It just means that like he already has kids. But if he takes care of and is an active part in the lives of his first kids, it can actually be a really good person to have a baby with, right? Like if you meet someone who's already a really good dad to his child or children with an ex, like that says a lot about him and it says that he's a good dad and it's probably not bad to have children with him so I don't know I just think it's like so silly when Kale does that type of shit but she also does it for attention I try not to read too much into it I think Kale like really gets off on negative attention and trolling and people really really feed into it like really feed into it um, the other thing was Mackenzie McKee posted <laughs> that a bunch of people had contacted, <laughs> I'm sorry, and a bunch of people had contacted Joe Frost, the super nanny, who I did an episode on my Patreon on super nanny. I really liked Joe Frost. I liked super nanny. There was that other, what was the other one? The uh, Like, cause you know, like anytime one of those shows gets popular, they're like, quick, find more British nannies. <laughs> There was another one, but I guess Joe Frost reached out to Mackenzie and was like, hey, a lot of your fans are like really concerned. What can I do to help you? And Mackenzie turned her down to that. I say, fuck you. Honestly, I've been watching this show for how many fucking years? This unwatchable show. I've been recapping it for this fucking podcast. And now and now you want to tell me that I could get a crossover that's actually of interest to me and I'm not going to get it. Oh, my God. I'm so upset. I mean, first of all, like Joe wouldn't actually really be able to do anything to help uh, the McKee family because I don't think Josh and McKenzie really have an interest in parenting their children like in a way that would result in their children behaving. McKenzie did go on to say my kids aren't that bad. And like her kid, kid, I mean, I don't know. It's all semantics, right? Like I don't like saying that kids are bad, but I do think that her kids are out of control, but I don't think it's necessarily, I don't think it's their fault. Um, I think that there is some serious shit going on. I think that Josh is not really present. I think that Mackenzie does not have the capacity to be able to get like the type of parenting help that's needed. Like, I just don't think she's the capacity to be able to parent well, honestly. I think she has too many kids. I think that one, if she had one kid, maybe it'd be a little different. Um, I want to read what she said. Hold on. She said, um, okay, Mac knew who Super Nanny was, but only because her own mother would threaten to call Joe when Mackenzie was acting as a child. I was a lot maxed out of her childhood behavior. I didn't know how my mom, I don't know how my mom survived, but she did. She raised me. She would say, don't make me call Joe Frost. Don't make me call her super nanny or don't make me call super nanny. I will call her. I challenged Mackenzie to go one single day without talking about the fact that her mother was a fucking saint who never did a single thing wrong in her entire life. And Mackenzie was a demon who ruined her mom's life. It's so fucking sad hearing her repeat that shit. 
oh god Mackenzie desperately needs to go to therapy and like real therapy not like I don't know if she's ever even been to counseling to be honest I know she's been on medication but I don't know if she's actually done therapy but like I don't I she needs to go to a very gentle therapist I think by the way, do you ever look at something in your room and the light's hitting it perfectly and you see all the dust on it, even though you dusted all the fucking time? Because I'm looking at my jewelry box right now and I truly want to die. It's so dusty. I swear to God, I dust it two times a week. Why is it always so dusty? I hate dust. Okay, sorry. Um, I think Mackenzie would really, really benefit from like a really gentle therapist, somebody that could say to her like that could really get her to open up about her mom and help her realize on her own own which is the point of therapy right um that her mom wasn't perfect like she doesn't need a therapist that's gonna be like your mom was a bitch like the rest of us say right like that's not what she needs and I don't think that would be helpful towards her because she doesn't view her mom that way but I really wish that she could get a therapist who's like really into inner child shit and who could gently help her point out and see that her mom wasn't perfect and that her mom did make a lot of mistakes and that Mackenzie like doesn't need to repeat this narrative that her parents have about how horrible she was as a child. Um, since we're already talking about her, we'll talk about her. Here's the thing. I know it was a reunion this week. Um, usually I like to recap the reunions together. And since I missed two weeks of recapping, what I'm going to do, I did not take notes on either of these episodes. So let's see how it goes, baby. <laughs> God. Um what I'm going to do is I'm just going to talk about the last two episodes. And also I watched the finale of Young and Pregnant. So I'm going to like quickly talk about that at the end. So I want to talk about Kayla's abortion. Um, but I'm just going to kind of go through the, like what happened in the last two episodes. They're both kind of boring. Surprise, surprise. Um, so we can just talk about Mackenzie because in these last two episodes, Mackenzie's dad comes to visit. Uh, I. Okay. <laughs> What I have to say about Brad is that I think I think Brad should get remarried. Now, hear me out. You know what they say, right? That like men who were in happy marriages and are widowed usually will get remarried very quickly. And I really think that should be Brad. Now, would Mackenzie and her siblings like lose their fucking minds if Brad got into a relationship? Yes, I think so. But Brad and Angie had been together since they were like 16, I think, uh, maybe even younger. And Brad's still really young. I think Angie was only 48 or 49 when she passed. They're young. Because remember, Mackenzie's oldest sibling um, was born when her parents were teenagers. So like, they're not... Brad still has, I mean, God willing, 30 to 40 more years on this earth. Like, I really want Brad to see to I really want to see Brad in another partnership. Um, I don't think he needs to like replace Angie, but he's obviously extremely depressed. I mean, he told he says repeatedly that he like if it wasn't for his kids, he would kill himself. He talks about killing himself a lot, which is really worrisome. Um, I think he is not interested. I mean, he's not taking care of his health, which I don't think is necessarily a depression thing. I think that's it's just fucking hard to take care of your diabetes um, and to eat well, honestly, especially especially when you're Brad, who I think ate three meals a day prepared by Angie for 
almost his entire life. This is what I mean. I think Brad could really benefit from having another partner who takes care of him. I think he needs somebody to take care of him. I think Andrew took care of him for a really long time and he just like does not know how to take care of himself and he does not have the motivation to take care of himself. Now, is it right that I think a woman needs to come in and take care of him? No. (laughs) But I, I do think that that would really help if he had a new partner. I just don't think he has like the motivation to really like live as a single man. It's really worrying. Um, let's talk about the rest of this right after a quick break. So in this episode, uh, Brad and one of her sisters, I think one of her sisters was there too, and some of the nieces come to visit. It's nice. Brad's talking about the fact that he only checks his blood sugar once a week, which is terrifying. Absolutely fucking terrifying. <laughs> and they come up with the idea that Jaxie is going to go spend the summer in Oklahoma with him because apparently Brad and Jaxie are super cute or super cute, super close together. They mentioned that, like, Jaxie can help take care of Brad. I'm like, no, 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 no. Jaxie's seven. (laughs) Jaxie's too young. Like, (laughs) no, 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 is what I say to that. Um, That's not appropriate position to put Jaxie in. But they decide that they're going to let Jaxie go because um, basically it'll make their lives easier to have one less kid. Now, here's the thing. Like, I am somebody that literally at Jaxie's age started spending the summers like away from my parents I would go to the shore where my dad came down on weekends and my mom came occasionally and I'd live with my grandma or I'd be at sleepaway camp but like I didn't really spend summers with my parents um at least half like I think at seven I spent half the summer at the shore and half at going to day camp at home um like seven or eight so that to me isn't a huge deal like going away from your parents for the summer like that that's a real Liz Bentley lifestyle to be honest um I did not think this seemed to be in Jaxie's best interest though because if you'll remember Jaxie can't move on to the next grade unless she does like this summer school and Josh and Mackenzie like both straight up admit like Jaxie will not do the summer school she's in Oklahoma. Mackenzie says to Jaxie's they're talking about it. She's like, well, first of all, I noticed that they keep referring to Oklahoma as home, which I understand um, for like Josh Mackenzie, but you live in Florida permanently. Look, I know it's just language. This is like such a nitpicky thing. It's truly not a huge deal. I get that. I'm not saying that it is, but you do live permanently in Florida as far as you let us know so I do think as far as like the kids go she should be a little more careful with calling it home and maybe saying like you're going back with pop-pop or whatever they call them poppy like you're going back to Oklahoma I don't know I just think that it's like not it's just like kind of missed messages to the kids because they're so so little. I think it would be helpful if they didn't call Oklahoma home because as far as we know, those kids are never going to live in Oklahoma again, right? And they've already been in Florida at this point for a year and a half. Um, they're really comfortable in Florida. I think a year and a half, right? When did they? I think they moved to Florida in fall, like in September 2020. This is probably shot. Well, I guess I haven't even been there a full year then at that point, but I don't know. 
I don't know. That's like such it's like so not a big deal. I'm just talking about it because I do a podcast where I nitpick at these people. <laughs> but when Mackenzie and Jaxie are talking about it, Mackenzie says to Jaxie, I know Pop Pop isn't going to make you do the assignments. So you're going to have to do them. Ex- what? This is little Jaxie, who's, first of all, seven years old. She just finished the first grade. Like, she's not old enough to be responsible to do that, clearly. She's already struggling in school. So your solution is to send her to somewhere where you know, you know for a fact, they are not going to be, like, making her keep up with her schoolwork. They're not going to be helping her with her schoolwork. And then you're like, hey, girly, figure it out. Like, you better you better be responsible enough to keep up with that. That's nuts. That's bad parenting. Um, and like doing, like I said, like I really have no qualms with people sending their kids away for the summer. Like most of my friends, uh, my Jewish friends, like went to sleepaway camp the whole summer starting at eight. Like that, that to me is not an issue. But doing that because like it's going to make life easier for you at the expense of your child's education is fucked up. My question is like, why doesn't she just put those kids in camp? Now, I know day camp is expensive, but like Mackenzie's got money, doesn't she? Like, I'm curious about Mackenzie's financials. She's on Team Mom. This is like her fourth season at this point. She's been on for a while at this point. Team Mom OG doesn't have that fucking favored nations clause that Team Mom 2 does that requires that like the new girls make this like basically on Team Mom 2 they all have to make the same amount of money. And so the issue is is when they bring on someone like Brianna they have to pay her like on the established pay scale. So like her first season at Team Mom 2 she made like $30,000 because it was technically like her second season on Teen Mom where the new the older girls are making like you know $300,000 a year which is so fucked up it it doesn't make any sense that Brie would be included in that but my understanding is that's how it works Jade is the same way but on Teen Mom OG they don't have that which is how Bristol Palin was able to get like $250,000 in her first season I think Cheyenne gets paid very well now does Mackenzie get paid that well I mean, I doubt she's making that much money, but I think she's doing all right. Josh has a job. She does her fitness classes. She makes money influencing. Like, I find it hard to believe she doesn't have enough money to send those kids to summer camp. I hope I'm being clear here. Like, I'm, I understand that camp is very expensive. I'm not saying that, like, if you can't afford camp, like, there's something wrong. <laughs> like, but I think that for Mackenzie's family, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with childcare. Like, send them to the Y. What do you mean? What are you going to do? Like, send them to camp. They're old enough to go to camp literally the entire day, five days a week. It's very confusing. I feel very confused by Mackenzie's life. Oh, another thing I wanted to mention. So Mackenzie, like, was like, you know, MTV just makes my kids look worse, blah, blah, blah. And we know that she's like fucking obsessed with talking about the fact that her life is so much better off TV. I think the issue with Mackenzie is that she is so dumb, one, and also like so reliant on MTV that I think she has a real issue with standing up for herself when it comes to like production. And she's kind of willing to do anything in a way that most of the other girls are not that she in the moment like will go along with anything that MTV suggests that she does basically and kind of let them film anything and then when the episode comes out and she sees how it's edited she's upset because she's like that's not really what my life is like in real life and I think that Mackenzie would really benefit from being able to self-produce a little more 
um i think like she just has like no awareness that what she's filming is gonna come off making her look really bad i think part of that is her stupidity but the other part of it is like letting mtv film truly everything like i don't think there's anything that happens in Mackenzie's life that she doesn't let mtv film so maybe she should get more money and then she could afford to send her kids to camp. I don't know. It just doesn't like I don't it doesn't track for me that she has no she has nothing to do with these children in the summer. I'm like hire a babysitter Like get your ass on care.com and find someone to watch your kids for the summer. You have money or you should. And if not, like you need to make <laughs> a major reflection because you get dragged to hell and back. And if you're not making money doing this, getting dragged to hell and back online, then like you should get off the show because it is not worth it. <laughs> oh, gosh. So little Jaxie's going to go back to Oklahoma, which is probably nice for her to get out of her house and be one on one with her papa. But I'm curious if this is like beneficial at all towards her academically. <laughs> I'm curious if Jaxie started the second grade or if she stayed back in first. I hope she stayed back. The school wanted her to stay back. So I hope she did. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck to those McKee kids. Okay, who should we talk about next? Cheyenne. Cheyenne's storyline for these two episodes is that she had little baby Ace. Ace is a really sweet little baby, and it's just adjusting. Um, there was one nice scene where Shy's dad, Zach's dad, um, her grand Cheyenne's grandfather, who I don't know if we've seen him before. And Zach's brother were sitting around kind of talking about the importance of fatherhood and stereotypes of black fathers. I think that's something really nice that we get out of Cheyenne's scenes. I like when her dad is on talking about uh, like issues that he faces as a black person. He talks about it a lot when he's on camera. I think it's a really nice opportunity for some different type of content on Teen Mom um, Ashley is talking about it on Team Mom too, but obviously before Cheyenne came on, there was nobody to talk about that. So that was nice. I liked that. Zach's brother is so hot. <laughs> I wish we could see him more. Honestly, Zach's dad is hot too. He looks young. I'm curious how old he is. Zach's studying for his real estate license, which I'm, is that really hard? The real estate test? I'm curious. I I mean, I feel like I know people who are realtors, but I've never asked if the real estate test was hard. They're making it seem like a really big deal. I wonder if he passed or what's going on with that. But Cheyenne is struggling with the second baby, which obviously makes total sense. I think she's trying to figure out how to parent a toddler and a newborn at the same time. She doesn't seem to be getting much sleep. I don't know. It seemed very real, but they seem to be doing well. One interesting thing I they I don't know where I thought the baby was born in like July or August, but the episode aired of them of Cheyenne screaming at Zach and leaving to make him get out of the car, and Corey like brought it up and was laughing about it, and she said that Zach's parents called after the fact and were like really concerned. <laughs> I like when they talk about stuff that aired. I didn't. When did that air? It's December. I feel like we just talked about that like a month ago. But this was definitely not filmed a month ago, so I don't really know what's going on with that. I don't know. I'm happy for Cheyenne. Do I think her and Zach have a great relationship? No. <laughs> no. Do I think they have an okay to pretty good relationship? Sure. Uh, sure. 
Um, it was nice seeing Corey. We haven't seen him in a while. Ryder was super happy to see him. I wonder if they're going to bring Taylor back on the show. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to quietly bring Taylor and little Mila back on the show. I think that if they want Corey to be a major part of Teen Mom, they have to bring Taylor and Mila back on the show. Now, do I think Taylor deserves to come back on the show? I don't know. Nobody deserves to be on the show. I really don't care that she got fired. Now, was she like scapegoated by MTV? Mm, I don't love the word scapegoated. I don't want to say that because that's not true. I think scapegoated in a way would imply that she didn't deserve it. I think that Taylor was it was easy for MTV to fire Taylor. I think actually she was fired because of like the challenger the are you the one fans I think she'd gotten really aggressive on whatever show I don't know if she was on the challenge I think she was on are you the one she'd gotten really aggressive with a black cast member on that show I think that was actually what got her fired more than the tweets it was tweets right that she had those racist tweets I mean yeah it didn't make a ton of sense that they like literally gave Taylor a storyline where she apologized for the tweets and Cheyenne accepted the apology and they talked about how they can move forward and blah 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 and do all that shit just to fire her like a year later but I also like I think that she was an easy fire for MTV you know they pulled that being Corey special about her birth and was it being Corey I think he had a being Corey didn't he was it like a special just specifically on the birth. I honestly can't remember at this point. I think it was easy to pull that and to fire Taylor. But like, do I think that she need like what I'm saying is I truly don't care if Taylor never comes back on this show. I don't think she deserves to be on the show because I don't think anybody deserves to be on television. I've talked about this a lot, right? Like that the premise, in my opinion, of cancel culture is really fucked up because it kind of starts on the idea that like anybody deserves to have a plat- public platform and nobody does. And Taylor doesn't deserve to be on the show. And I don't really care that she got fired, even though they had like already essentially forgiven her for those tweets. I, I, I just don't care. I really don't. But as far as the show goes, do I think that Corey or like Cheyenne segments in general would be better if Corey could film with his family? Yeah, of course, because Corey can't really film. I mean, he'll occasionally film with a friend. But I would imagine the majority of his life is with Taylor and Mila. And would I like to see Ryder with Mila? Yeah, of course. Um, I like I think it does leave something missing in her segments. I also don't think it's the end of the world that she's not in them. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm being really wishy-washy on that. But I'm just saying from like a show's perspective, they should probably bring Taylor back on. But like, do I care that Taylor is not on the show and got fired even if it was unfair? No, I really don't. So, you know, Cheyenne has baby Ace. They're adjusting. The baby's really cute. She makes really cute babies. Really cute babies. Ryder was really fucking cute. When they showed him on FaceTime to her for the first time, she said he lo- she said him looks like a little prince. <laughs> like that, that is so fucking cute. Oh my god. I can't. It's so cute. Ryder's such a cute little kid. Um, yeah, so that's it for Cheyenne. Speaking of babies, Kate also has her baby in this episode. Um, in the episode before they decide, Kate and Tyler decide they want to take a baby moon. April's unable to watch the kids. They ask Kim to watch the kids. Kim's unable to. Tyler says that she has to work and Kate rolls her eyes at that. (laughs) No. Is that MTV editing? I hope so. If it's not, is it like, kind of forgivable because she's nine months pregnant and like 
just made a subtle gesture of frustration. Sure. Does it make you look like a fucking asshole? Yes. That was not a good look for Kate. From somebody who's never really had a job (laughs) outside of MTV. I mean, she's doing her microblading again. Like, that's so great. I'm not knocking her. Um, I think it's silly to, like, knock the cast of Teen Mom for like not having jobs because they make a lot of fucking money being on the show Teen Mom and it's their job but when somebody who makes a lot of fucking money to do not that much work rolls their eyes at somebody else having to work it's like truly go fuck yourself truly go fuck yourself there's nothing more annoying than people who don't seem to understand jobs you know I have a couple friends that don't have to work and they'll like ask me to do things at 10 a.m. on a Wednesday and I'm like I'm at my job I feel like Vicky Gumvelson on Real Housewives of OC when I'm like I have to work like why why don't you understand like I have to work like most people have to work I would love 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 to go to an exercise class at 11 a.m. I would love that that would be ideal for me on a weekday but I have to be at my fucking job um so so when Kate did that I was like oh get fucked especially because it's like It's not like she promised to watch them and then like last minute was like, oh, I have to work because I get it like that can be annoying. Uh, They wanted Kim to like go out of her way to do a favor for them. And when Kim couldn't do it because she had a legit excuse, which is she had to work a job because she doesn't get a huge teen mom paycheck as far as we know. She definitely gets paid for being on the show. Definitely. Everybody gets paid for being on the show. And she's been there since the beginning. So I'm sure she actually gets like a decent little check from MTV. Like she still has to have a job. (laughs) Oh my God. It's just so, it it was just a really unattractive moment from Kate. It just did, it did not make her look good. Um, But Tyler arranges like this cute outdoor date. Uh, (laughs) I think Kate and Tyler are like pretty happy where they are right now, but those two should not be together. They do not like each other. They have totally different love languages. That's not true, actually. I think they do like each other. They're just not in love with each other. And I think they have no idea, like, how to get away from one another. Um, I still think that, like, Kate should actually be the one to leave Tyler. I've talked about this before. (laughs) But it was sweet. She just didn't seem that receptive to it. Because I think it's just, like, not really her thing. Tyler should be with somebody who's, like... Tyler needs to be with someone who's just like fucking obsessed with like his romantic gestures and will write hem poems online, you know. Then in the second episode, they have baby Raya, which Mazel Tov to them. She had it so quickly. She did it without any sort of pain medicine, which, whew, that sounds tough. And the baby is very cute and happy and I'm happy for them. Everybody seems happy. Okay, who else? Oh, Macy. I, I'm i confused about Macy. Are you guys... All of a sudden, Macy and Taylor are, like, on the brink of divorce and, like, not even sure why they're still together. And Macy seems to, like, hate Taylor. I feel confused. <laughs> I'm like, when the fuck did that happen? Like, am I, only, am I the only one that's like, wait, what? I thought that they were... If not, like, I don't know. I never thought they were, like, an incredible fucking couple. But suddenly they need to take a date night or else, like, they will be getting a divorce. We saw Dr. K- Dr. Carol again, who once again 
was credited as a telehealth educator. <laughs> I'm guessing that Dr. Kaler, Kaler, Dr. Carol said that she would do the show and she would let them film, but she would not be credited as a therapist and this would not be a therapy appointment. I think that probably is like her ethical guideline. I think it makes sense. I actually think it's probably a good ethical guideline. Like, yeah, you guys can come see me. I'll talk to you, but this is not like a therapy session and I don't want to be billed as your therapist. Dr. Carol suggests that they take a date night together and not talk about the kids. They get to this point because when Macy was like sick in bed, I don't know if she was sick like physically or uh, with her PTSD stuff, but she was in bed out of the picture and Taylor needed help with getting one of the kids from school and he asked one of their mutual, like their friend to go and pick up Bentley and Macy flipped out. I didn't make any fucking sense. I'm like, does Taylor fuck this girl? <laughs> like, that's the only reason that I can understand, like, being upset in this situation is if, like, this is somebody that, like, Macy does not like for reasonable reasons. But that didn't seem to be the case. So I was wildly confused. I was like, okay, I mean, okay, I guess. Like, I guess these two, I, I don't know. It didn't, the fight didn't make any sense. Macy at one point is like, you and I have said we always show up for our kids. And I'm like, yeah. And somebody showed up for Bentley. Like they net, that's like saying like we never have babysitters. We never let anybody else help out with us. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It makes zero sense. Um, So they get into this fight about it. And Macy's like, I know for a fact. I know for a fact if we if I did this, you would be mad. And Taylor's like, no. And then I noticed throughout the rest of these two episodes, Macy kept saying things like speaking for Taylor. And Taylor kept being like, that's not true. Like later in this episode, she's asking, like, why are you still with me? And he's like, because I love you. And she goes, love's not enough. It's not enough. There are tons of people I love that I don't want to be around. And he goes, OK, well, I'm talking about me. <laughs> And I, like she the way she said, it, I'm like, so are these two close to divorce? She literally said, why? What makes you stay with me? What makes you still be with me? Despite the fact that like you have wanted to leave, you've wanted to be alone. You do not. Basically, it's like implying that they have gotten to the point of like Taylor or Macy, like walking out on each other, like that they've had fights to that point. And I'm like, we really have not seen that on this show. <laughs> do I believe it's true? Sure. Of course, I believe it's true. I just feel surprised by it, I guess. And it feels really out of context. And like we haven't seen anything that suggests that they're in such a bad place that they're like literally on saving their marriage. Macy is in the second episode. They go on a date. They go to like a and b to have dinner and then like stay the night there. I will say the dinner looked really surprisingly nice. Um, I don't usually think of B&Bs as actually having like beautiful dinner like beautiful meals but this one looked really nice I don't really understand why they chose this as their date um these two like to party I was like why don't they just like go get drunk and go to a bar and like party at a bar and then just like go stay in a hotel somewhere as opposed to like having an intimate one-on-one dinner at a and b it seemed not to be their scene um they had a really awkward dinner where they had nothing to talk about then they go outside they're really drunk taylor like wants to hold macy's hand and she's very weird about it and this is when she says like she the only reason they're still together is because she likes him uh taylor's like we've been through a lot and macy's like yep a lot it's really hard i don't 
Macy seems like not into Taylor at this point. Like she seems really over it. I just like I said, I feel lost. I do not know how we got to this point where like Macy and Taylor are close to divorce. And Macy says like, (laughs) and look, I'm not saying this is not true and that she shouldn't say this. But like, I think in this moment, it wasn't a great thing to say because Macy, basically they're talking about like what would happen if they broke up. And Taylor's like, I literally cannot imagine my life without you. Like, if I never met you, I I cannot even imagine what my life would be without, without my wife, my three children, and not being like, I'm so, so happy, but being like, this is the life for me. Like, I chose this life. I want this life. I can't imagine an alternative. And Macy goes, yeah, I'd be fine if we never met. It would just be me and Bentley. I'm like, okay, I know that's true probably, right? But it's probably not the time to say it. Then Macy goes on how she hates people and never wants to be around people. And I'm like, that's factually not true. Macy's around people all the fucking time. What is she talking about? She always has like a huge group of friends. She was so drunk in this episode. I was so confused by everything she was doing. Also, like, I don't know why they felt so much pressure to have this like perfect date. Like, just go get drunk and fuck. Like, you guys like to drink. Just go get fucked up somewhere. I don't know. Get some ecstasy. Like, have a fun night. We don't call it ecstasy anymore. I know. Go take some Molly and like roll and have sex and like really enjoy it. Like, I don't know. The whole thing felt just very weird. It felt very out of nowhere. Maybe you guys didn't feel this way. I just felt like since when are Macy and Taylor like truly about to break up? I also feel like if you're on the ver, if you're doing like a romantic dinner to talk about how much you love each other and how much you want to be together and like you're not going to talk about the kids. I don't really understand why you would say stuff like I would be fine without you, because even though it's a true sentiment, it just doesn't always need to be said. Right. Like, I think we all know Macy and I think Taylor knows that Macy would be fine without Taylor. Right. Like, it's not about like, would you physically be able to survive without me? Because, of course, of course, they both would be able to because they're both grown up adults like they'd be able to to divorce and be okay, but they don't want to. So what Macy should have said in that moment, in my opinion, is like, yeah, you know, like I I kind of always pictured that it would just be me and Bentley, which doesn't make any sense because that's not true, but I think she would say that. And I'm just so glad that that didn't happen. And yeah, I think maybe like my life would be totally different without you. And I like it could have worked, but I'm glad that it didn't happen that way. And I'm so glad that we're together. And I don't know. Also, like they cheer. It was close to their five year wedding anniversary. And they're like, here's to five more. Hopefully, basically, (laughs) they're not in a good place. And I think Macy's just had a really hard year. And I think that's fine. And like, I guess it's good they're being open about it. But it's just weird when we, the audience, are not clued into it and then, like, dropped into the middle of their problems. They should have sent more of the season, like, building to the fact that they're having problems outside of what Macy was going through. Because we were just led to believe that Macy was having problems, right? Like, it did not seem like there was a huge issue. Okay, and Gary and Amber... Um, I know they had like an explosive thing at the reunion. Like I said, I'll talk about the reunion next week. I feel like I've asked this a bunch of times. Why is Amber getting therapy from a child and adolescent psychiatrist? Does he know she's calling it therapy? Does he know that she considers him to be his therapist? To be her therapist? 
I have questions about that because I like what I don't he's not a th- first of all he's not a therapist in general he's a psychiatrist and second if he's a child and adolescent psychiatrist like why is he seeing Amber it doesn't make any sense um so Gary agrees to go to see the therapist with Amber there is kind of a weird scene between him and Christina where he's like telling her that he's gonna go and Christina's like oh well I'm left behind again and I'm like, why? I couldn't really figure out why Christina was mad there because she usually seems on board with this type of shit. Did she want to go? Was she mad that she wasn't invited? Um, I think it probably would have been helpful for her to be invited and go. To be honest, I think Gary should have said I'd really like Christina to go because Christina has been a main target of Amber's, right? Um, they have this idea that Gary is going to go, not they, as in Christine and Gary, but like, it seems like Gary and Amber both have this idea that they're going to go to see the therapist. And then Gary is going to understand that everything Amber is doing and suddenly like, it will be fine. Um, I do think education is important, of course. I think that if it's been all this time and Gary still has not educated himself at all on borderline personality and bipolar disorder, there's a major issue going on here. Um, I think this speaks to why Gary should have a therapist that can help him walk through this stuff. But like at the same time, um, there's a huge lack of accountability from Amber because I think Amber wants Gary to go see the therapist. The therapist can explain everything that's wrong with Amber. And there are things that are absolutely wrong with Amber. And then suddenly, like, Gary's not going to be upset when she does things. Like, I think that Amber doesn't want to face any consequences for her behavior, right? And I understand that, right? Like, it's hard. It's a really fine line because the reality is, like, if Amber is manic when she's making these Instagram videos, which who's to say she is or isn't, right? Not me. Um, It's believable to me that she's manic on these, by the way that she's acting. Then it's not that it's like she's behaving as a result of her mental illness. Like I'm not denying that, but that doesn't negate the consequences. And so I'm not really sure what Amber wants from this because it doesn't really matter if she's manic or not the damage is the same right like I think that's something that Amber seems to not totally get that like regardless of what's happening or why things are happening um the damage she does to her relationship with Leah just it it doesn't matter as far as why she did things um Leah doesn't it doesn't matter to Leah if she's manic, you know, um, maybe in the future it will. And when she's an adult, it will. But to 12 year old Leah, who just sees Amber ripping on the person that Leah considers to be her mom, like telling Leah, like, well, she's manic, like, OK, <laughs> I don't fucking care. Like, that's how I would feel. I think Amber very much you know, usually I think it's important to say like mental illness is an explanation, not an excuse, but Amber wants it to be an excuse. Um, I think part of the issue is that Amber doesn't seem to be doing any real work to get better. I do also think that like the reality of her mental health stuff means that like she's never going to be perfect, right? And there has to be 
some sort of forgiveness. I don't know. It's a hard position to be in. I think it's good if Gary understands what she's going through, but I don't really know how like Gary understanding that she's manic changes Amber's behavior, like the consequences of her behavior. Um, In this therapy session that they have, Amber reveals that part of the reason that she wouldn't see Leah was because like she would have bruises that she couldn't cover up from a man. Now, is she talking about Matt? Is she talking about Andrew? I don't know. I think she's probably talking about Matt. Um, I think if she was talking about Andrew, it would have come up in court documents. I think that she would have been making a much bigger deal about him being an abuser as well, right? Like, I think that if she felt like, or if she knew that Andrew was causing her to have bruises, that would have come up in the custody stuff, in the mitigating factors, in her sentencing, et cetera, et cetera. Like, that would have been talked about. Um, I think she's talked about her and Matt physically fighting. Now, do I believe that Matt was leaving bruises on her body? I guess. Do I believe that Matt was starting physical fights? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, I think Matt was her boyfriend that hit back, honestly. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if Matt was ever initiating physical fights. Um, was he doing like other abusive stuff towards her? Yeah, of course. We know that. But do we also have pictures of um, like Matt covered in bruises and scratches and shit? Yeah, we do. So there we have physical evidence of the fact that Matt was hurt by Amber. Um, I don't know. I just don't know if I believe Amber, which I hate to say, but it's a really convenient excuse, right? Because you can't question it. Like, you can't question when Amber says, like, well, I couldn't go see Leah because, like, I had bruises on me and I didn't want her to see them. So I was doing it for her. And I think that Amber is kind of realizing that the prison, like, I put myself in prison thing, is leaving a big chunk of time <laughs> that she has to make an excuse for. I don't know. I just, unfortunately, Amber's not a very believable person. And I, I don't know. I guess I could believe it. I'm not sure Amber would care enough to like cover up bruises like that also like I feel like we saw on camera with our own eyes and obviously like editing matters um but I feel like we've seen times where we knew for a fact that Amber was not seeing Leah and she did not have bruises on her face because like we saw her on tv explaining how she wasn't going to see Leah so I don't I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that revelation. Um, is it believable-ish? I guess. But is there also a lot of reasons to not believe it, in my opinion? Unfortunately, yes, as well. So that's it for the last two OG episodes. Um, I want to talk about Kayla and what's going on with Kayla. So in the season finale of Team Mom Young and Pregnant, um, after Kayla like gets into a huge fight in the previous episode with Luke's mom and sister, and it's just such a mess. Um, apparently, this was filmed. That was filmed around November, and then these scenes were filmed around May. How true that is, I don't know. 
but that's what Kayla is saying online. It makes sense to me that they would be filming like pickup shots if they knew the show was actually going to finally come out and they hear from Kayla that she's pregnant. It makes sense to me that they would want to run out and film that. But Kayla finds out that she's pregnant. Um, and Luke's response is, I don't think it's mine. <laughs> which is tough. It's tough. So Kayla had an IUD that she got taken out because it was giving her anxiety. Kayla's really bad with birth control. (laughs) Look, I'm not saying that her IUD wasn't giving her anxiety. And if it was, then I guess she should have gotten it taken out. But why is she not using condoms is truly beyond me. Like you've had two accidental pregnancies already. Use condoms, girly. If you don't want to be on hormonal birth control, which fine, it causes issues for people then you have to use condoms. Um, You know, Luke seems pretty convinced it's not his. Kayla is insisting that she did not sleep with Ryan. That's confusing to me um, because in that first, remember in that first time they asked her, like, did you hook up with Ryan? She's like, I plead the fifth, basically. So like, but if you didn't hook up with him, wouldn't you be like, no, we didn't hook up? (laughs) Even her best friend Annabelle is like, is it Luke's? I I feel a little confused by Kayla. I don't understand why Kayla and Luke are still together. You know, at the reunion, they were posting all these loved up pictures. So at least on social media, they're trying to make it seem like they're in a good place. It doesn't really seem like they are, though. They seem miserable together. Um, I don't even know, like, how they coexist in the same house. It seems like they'll talk about something for, like, 20 minutes and then just, like, never discuss it again. <laughs> And then occasionally have sex every once in a while, I guess. I'm surprised they're even having sex. I kind of wonder if they're not having sex, which is why Luke is like kind of insistent that it's not his. I don't know. I'm I'm curious about this whole thing, I guess, is what I could say. I'm, I have questions. I'm confused. Things don't seem to be adding up. But Kale decides that she's going to get an abortion, which I say I think that was a smart decision I think it would have been a terrible idea for her to have another baby with Luke at this moment um she does look insane this whole episode because she has on eyelashes that are so fucking long and she's crying a lot so she's like furiously blinking her like super long eyelashes to cry through them but I think that it's brave to get on television and talk about an abortion it's heavily stigmatized um and also like she didn't want to have to get an abortion right like she says that she cried through the whole procedure she was really upset about having to do it so I think it's good that she got on tv and talked about it I think that dealing with that blowback could not have been easy I'm sure her comments were filled with shit that they that people had to say about it I think she clearly clearly made the right choice I think (laughs) I think anytime somebody on the 16 and pregnant franchise as a whole which I'll include teen mom as part of gets an abortion it's probably the best decision they could make the idea of her having another baby in that situation especially if Luke really didn't believe it was his I kind of wonder if it wasn't Luke's um I mean if it wasn't Luke's you definitely can't have that baby, right? Like, you really can't have that baby if it's not Luke's. Um, I think that would be, look, I think that any reason you want an abortion is a good reason to get one. I think that that would be an especially good reason to get one because that would mean that her and Luke were really over for good, most likely, and that baby probably wouldn't have an active father in their life. Um, I also think, like, 
you definitely shouldn't. So if it is Luke's, you definitely shouldn't have a baby with someone that when you get pregnant, somebody that you're in a long term relationship with, they say, I don't think that baby's mine. <laughs> like, I, I think that says that you guys are not in the place to bring a little baby into the home. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, I just I really I was glad that MTV showed it. I thought it was really brave of Kayla to put it all out there. I actually appreciate how forthcoming Kayla has been this season with the cheating. And, you know, I think in the past she was like really obsessed with kind of like proving that her and Luke had made the right choice by having this baby and being together. And like they were a good family and he's a great dad and blah, blah, blah. And so I think that it's great that she decided to step up and tell the truth. Um, I'm curious if we'll get another season of Team Mom Young and Pregnant. I'm guessing no. <laughs> no would be my guess. Apparently for this little reunion thing it's not a reunion the television show the spinoff that we're watching like the the girls night in or whatever they're calling it vacation I think they're calling it family vacation just like Jersey Shore they flew all the young and pregnant girls out there which we knew right like I assume that they're all going to be part of it remember there's that whole thing about like Rachel Beaver not being invited and blah 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 and then apparently the vibes were just so good with the teen mom OGs and the teen mom twos that they just didn't film the young and pregnant girls they're like oh we've changed our mind you guys can go home which doesn't speak well to the future of teen mom young and pregnant which sucks I personally think that they should figure out something to do with Kayla um I think that if Kale is really not gonna be on teen mom too then you know call up Kayla from the little league or the the farm team put her in the big leagues put her on the show <laughs> Did you know that because they called the MLB the show, like I'm going to be on the show or in the show? I don't know. I'm an idiot. I don't know anything about that. But from like, I know that from like, not really a baseball person. I know that from like fucking watching that movie. <laughs> What's that movie with Freddie Prince Jr. and Jessica Biel? <laughs> Summer Catch? Is that what it's called? Where he plays on like the Chatham baseball team and she's a rich girl and then he gets called up to the show. Actually, also, I think they also talked about that on the show Weeds <laughs> when the guy who threw pennies at Nancy's car and then they work together. Remember him? He gets called up to the show. That's probably where I really learned that from. Remember that movie with Jessica Biel? Remember Jessica Biel was like trying to be a famous actress? I watched 7th Heaven for the whole time it was on. I love 7th Heaven, which is weird, but I did. Um, isn't it crazy to think that that is a molester? That's awful. Anyway, anyway, where was I? The show. Oh, so yeah. I mean, put Kayla on Team Mom too. I think she's good on this show. I think she is enjoyable to watch. I think her and Luke have an interesting enough relationship to put on. I like watching Kayla just like fight with random old women throughout the years. <laughs> Kayla's like always almost in a fight with someone's mom. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, As for the rest of the girls on Team Mom Young and Pregnant, Rachel and Noah broke up after three perfect months together. Mallory gets her own trailer, which good for her. It looks really shitty and even Rachel's like grossed out by it. But good for her. She's out of Nana's house. Um... Bree is going to get her own place, but her mom is like, you are not ready to get your own place. And all of a sudden, like, do you guys notice her friend? She went to her friend Ashley's house. Is that her name, Ashley? And all of a sudden, her friend had like a heavy black scent out of nowhere. 
I swear to God, she did not speak like that the other times that we saw her. And so she's like, mm, girl, I paid for you. And, you know, you weren't cheap when you ate all my food, girl. I'm like, why is she talking like that? I swear she did not talk like that before. But here we are. Um, so that happened. And I guess she's breaking up with Briggs. Briggs is such a silly name. <laughs> Briggs is such a silly name. Uh, Mikhail is moving to Maryland, but with his girlfriend and Kayla J is pretending to be okay with it. That's good. Kaya and Tiaza. Tiaza is going to go to therapy, but Kaya was like enraged that Tiaza didn't tell her that she was going to therapy. Couldn't quite figure that one out. I I can't watch anymore, Kaya. I can't. I would actually like to watch T. They should make Tiaza the main character and get rid of Kaya, which I know will not happen. You guys know. I understand that the universe cent- centers around one person and when that person goes everybody else goes but I find Tiza so endearing and Kaya just I can't watch her scream she just screams so much I think that like I bet Kaya in like 10 years if Kaya did some therapy like really worked on some shit I think I would like Kaya in real life is the thing like she's funny she makes me laugh I think she seems nice enough if you're not Tiza I also you guys know I love Kaya's mom I would love to like be friends with her mom, I guess is what I'm saying. I could see myself. I mean, Kaya's much younger than me, so we wouldn't really be friends. But like I could see a world in which I'm friends with Kaya. But like something about her on TV, just like going from zero to 100 is unbearable to me because it's not I don't know. It's just not good TV. Is that everybody on Team Mom Young and Pregnant? Who else is on this show? I wonder how little Madison's doing, little anti-vax Madison. <laughs> that was so weird. How they just gave us three episodes of her and then they're like, mm, we actually found someone with a way better life. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. That's it for me this week. Uh, remember, Operation Santa. Come donate and we can make some families have a great Christmas. I hope you all have a good week and I will talk to you next week. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.